it's time for me to do the show where I tell you what a perfect fantasy basketball draft would look like to me. Now, is it going to actually be perfect? No. But are you perfect? Absolutely. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Thank you also. For making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day, we are free and we are available on all platforms. So, what is the premise of this show? Is this draft perfect? Of course it's not. It's impossible to be perfect because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I give my best guesses, but I've got no idea how things are going to pan out for the main part. What this is, and usually I like to pick a spot in the middle of the first round and look at where current ADPs are and look at a situation where I go, this would be... This would be pretty good. Like, I'd build a very strong team if these things happened. I chose pick five for this season, and I used a bit of a sliding ADP scale. So we know that ADP, if well, maybe we don't. And if you don't, welcome to the show. ADP is average draft position. On average, where is this, is this player being taken? I'm using data from Yahoo. ESPNs are all up shit creek. They're all over the place. So we're using Yahoo's. And what I did is use it on a sliding scale. So... When we're looking at the first round of a draft, I'm picking at five or whatever the ADP is, is going to be plus or minus one of my draft position because we know that things shift around, right? In rounds two to three, it's plus or minus two of the player's ADP. In round four to six, it's plus or minus three. In round seven to nine, we're doing plus or minus four. And then in rounds 10 through 13, I'm doing plus or minus five. Is it a perfect situation for a perfect team? No, it's an imperfect solution for what hopefully turns out to be close to perfect on the team. But we can't just go, well, this ADP, this guy will be the only person here because we know there are wide fluctuations and those fluctuations get bigger as we go through the draft. This is for a standard nine category league format. And in the end, I think you're going to be pretty... Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll hate it. <laughs> but I think, I think the team ends up uh, pretty strong uh, overall. We did 13 rounds in this one. Uh, the last round, again, you just do whatever the hell you want. And some of these ones, I've got some flyers in some of these picks as well. So we might as well just get straight in and uh, have a look at it. So as I said, I am starting at pick number one. And at pick number one, ADP, or sorry, no, pick number five in round number one. At pick number five, I am going to take Joel Embiid. And you might say, that's silly, Josh. He's the number two player. Yeah, I tend to agree. But his ADP continues to fall. It started at two. It's down to four now on Yahoo, and it's at five on ESPN, meaning there are going to be plenty of situations where I can get Embiid at... I've said Embiid fall to six. There are plenty of situations where I can get Joel Embiid at pick number five. I said this is perfect. This would be... Man, I would love this situation. Now, in some situations, I actually don't mind taking Shea or um, uh, Halliburton at number two. 
No problem with taking them ahead of a bead in bead whatsoever. But in terms of me trying to build this out and look at some value that I think might fall, I think getting in bead at number five would turn out to be as uh, yeah, this show is portending to show uh, perfection. So Embiid starts us off. I'd be very happy with that start. What about in round two? We're picking at um, the eighth pick, which is pick number 20 in round two. And yeah, number 20, that's right. And I am I was shocked to see that this was the case, but Donovan Mitchell has an ADP of 18 on both Yahoo and ESPN. And my pre-set out tolerance levels of an ADP plus or minus two means that he could fall to 20. And in fact, he will fall to 20 in some drafts. Now, in some, he will go at 14 or 15. But in some, he is going at pick 18. That would be, again, as the premise of the show suggests, the perfect situation, I believe. Mitchell has a level of regression from last season. There is That is a possibility that maybe that high level of efficiency doesn't quite carry over. But it's also possible that maybe the assists jump up. I've only got him projected at like four assists this season. Maybe he gets that to 4.6 or 4.7 or 5. Maybe he's able to even shoot better or score more. It is possible. And that's where the risk for him is probably more if you're jumping up to 13 or 12. Or I've seen some people look at him as a first-round guy. I don't see that at all. But falling to the middle to back end of round two, which is that what that ADP there would suggest, I think is uh, bang on. Bang on in terms of the value that we uh, would hope to get out of someone. If we go and hit the round three one, now what I was doing is using obviously my projections to see how I view these players. And when I hit this pick number 20 in round two and saw the guys available, there was someone that I liked there a little bit more in terms of per game value. And I thought, okay, we be interested to get this player. But when I'm looking at ADP data, I didn't need to grab the guy that I have projected as like a top 15 at worst maybe even top 12 per game player in round two because ADP data would suggest that he will be available for me at my next pick, which is pick number 29. And at pick number 29, it's the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. The risk of taking Kawhi in round two, and even though the difference between pick 20 and pick 29, which is the difference here, is nine picks, it's not very much. But the fact that I would wait to get Kawhi in the middle of round three means that I was able to then get a better or another strong player in round two with Mitchell, reducing the level of risk I have with Kawhi. Now, there is still risk. Is this a season that Kawhi plays 60? I would say there's a possibility of it. I can't guarantee you that. But I do know that he's not entering the season off a torn ACL. He is off a small meniscus injury. Um, there is going to be games that he sits. There's no question about that. But he dominated at the end of last season. He played so many minutes and he looked awesome. And if it works out to even 80% of my expectations at pick 29, he's worth it. And why is he available there? Well, his ADP currently is 27. You see him go into the 30s in many drafts. His ESPN ADP is 40. Again, most of these ones are going to be possible on both sites in terms of their ADP. Some of the ESPN ones have some really whack numbers in areas towards the end where they're like 60 spots difference and they don't make any sense. So it's mainly focusing on the um, on the Yahoo ADP data at this point. But it is um, if I'm starting off with Embiid, with Don Mitchell, and then with Kawhi, I'd be pretty happy. Now, 
The other guys I could have gone for instead of like a Don Mitchell, I could have jumped up and grabbed a Jimmy Butler. I would have liked that. I wouldn't have liked an Embiid, Butler, Kawhi combo in a head-to-head league with pronounced risk with all three picks. There's less risk with Embiid that you might think. Mitchell doesn't really have that level of risk, and Kawhi does have some. But if you add Butler into that mix, it's just adding too much for me for my first three picks. So that's what I talk about a perfect team. Is it the perfect team that gives me the absolute best per game value? Probably not. You know, I would end up taking like Zion in round four or something like that. But the that's the perfect upside if all goes right sort of a squad. And I'm trying to balance um, statistical scarcity, categorical scarcity, ADP values, inherent risk, and team building when chucking this all together. And that's where we get to where we are at the moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. It's spreads, it's money lines, it's totals, it's player props. It's all there, and we are doing a show. I do not know the exact date, but let me tell you, I'm going to get this question. These are the shows that are coming up, and one of them is season win projections and player award predictions, NBA champion predictions for the NBA season. I am just waiting until the final NBA game is done, and then we'll go through all of the FanDuel odds. We'll look at best bets. We'll look at all of that stuff in a show probably dropping Monday. I've got a, another auction real money draft to drop. I've got another real money snake to drop as well. And some uh, the 240 game. We're going to do the 240 game as well. So that's all coming up. But we're talking FanDuel here because that's where you want to go. So go to FanDuel.com, use the code LOCKEDON, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. So we have three picks in. Let's recap. Embiid at pick five, Mitchell pick 20, Kawhi pick 29. That is the beginning of our team. And we are going to go back in round four at pick number 44, because apparently this is possible. At pick number 44, we are going to take Donovan Mitchell's teammate, Tristan Thompson. No, we're going to take Darius Garland in round number four at pick number 44. And I was... A little surprised to see that the ADP would fall into my tolerances. I didn't just pull these tolerances out of my ass, by the way. I did do some research on trying to find ranges of things. I also talked to my old friend, ChatGPT, to see what data they could find about ADP ranges in certain areas. And this was part of the suggestions that we came up with. And then I went and looked at the draft. So when we're looking in round four, we were looking at plus or minus three ADP. And Mitchell's, oh no, Mitchell Garland's ADP sits at 41. His ESPN ADP sits at 41 as well. I'm picking him here at 44. So there is a situation, perfect, that he gets to me. And I looked at it because I was like, ah, I do need to get some assists here because Mitchell's solid enough and beats above average for his position. Kawhi's okay, but no one's really blown me away here. No one's giving me these big, big numbers. So I need to be really um, deliberate about when I'm getting certain categories. And that's what you'll see in the next round as well. But I took Garlo there at pick number 44 in round uh, four. That's the eighth pick of the fourth round, the 44th pick. We got, come back onto the clock at pick 53. And I actually think this one is a gigantic steal, honestly. Nicholas Claxton. His ADP is 55. 
on Yahoo. His ESPN ADP is 84. So I didn't have to even have to look at the plus minus here because my pick is at 53 and Claxton's going at 55. I guess there is, and some of the plus minus from the preseason is a little worrying with him and Simmons on the court, but he is an all-NBA, an all, sorry, an all-defense-level caliber big man who's got a little bit more juice than you might think in passing and dribbling and scoring, who'll block shots, will have a high field goal, who'll add to my rebounds, which was struggling at this point as well. He's not as much of a negative in other categories that Walker Kessler is. They're both bad free throw guys, but... I think Claxton can score more, but also Claxton's a better passer and a better steals guy. So he doesn't completely destroy me in those areas too. But if you wanted to substitute this for a Walker Kessler, for example, or a Chet Holmgren, who's going higher than this, I wouldn't have a concern with it. But I wanted to make sure I got a big man with some shot blocking, with some field goals, with some rebounds in this area. The way the team is heading is more of a punt threes sort of a build. And that's what we're going to end up looking at with this squad. So Claxton goes there in round five at pick number 53. We have to wait a little bit now. 15 picks to go into round six up to pick number 68. And this ADP might change over the coming days. But I was very happy to see that Anthony Simons would fit what I wanted. Pick 68. He's got an ADP of 66 on ESPN. He's at 90, which clearly, again... I don't know how you trust a single thing on the ESPN ADPs. They, they make no sense. 90 for Simons. Um, he could average 27 a game. He could hit three and a half threes. He could have five assists. Now he's probably going to get 0.7 combined steals and blocks and shoot 42 from the field. Um, I hope he gets to the line more. I think it's going to be, again, a really big boost season for Simons. Jordan Poole didn't fit into what I sort of wanted to do in terms of positionality and where I was in the draft. You know I love Poole as one of the big value plays in drafts. But getting a Simons here, and I debated him in Hero in this area, works for what I need. A scorer with some threes, with some assists, with a solid boost to my free throw percentage after going with Claxton in the last round, and he fits into my ADP plus minus. In the next round, we're looking at pick number 77. Number 77, which is round seven. I talked about this guy. He was actually the cover photo on my Sleepers video a few weeks ago. I talked about him at length in my updated Sleepers video yesterday for Category Leagues. So I'm going to back it up again. And in round seven, at pick number 77, I am reluctantly going to get my passport stamped with the Canada stamp. I'm going to hold my nose all the way through the trip. But I'm going to go in and say, Jakob, get the hell out of this place, mate. You're coming on to my team. Jakob Pertle comes in at round number seven. Pick number 77. You know the way that the draft usually runs. And once you hit round 10, you cannot find a rebound. They disappear. Influencing blocks becomes hard. Field goal percentage hard as well. Yes, he is a bad free throw player. But my team can absorb this. I have. That's why I got Simons. That's why I got Mitchell. That's why I got Garland. That's why I got Embiid. All these guys help absorb some of that. It's about trying to balance and find what I need. Pirtle, I think Pirtle's actually got upside to beat this even by more because this is me being like relatively conservative in like 29 minutes a night. What if he plays 32 under Ayakovic? He's significantly better than Boucher and Achua and Coloco. What if they just need him out there more? And sneaky good passer. So I'm big on getting Pirtle at pick number... Pick number 77. Yeah, pick number 77. His ADP is 82 with an ESPN ADP of 89. So definitely falls into that range that I wanted. Now, just quickly, while I'm while I'm here and, and doing this, these are not the only choices that you can make. 
perfect doesn't mean singular. And part of why I really do push back often against you know going off straight rankings or pro- talking about you know, very set pairings and all that sort of stuff is that there are many, many ways that you can go and still come out with very successful teams. So much of it is to do with availability, the way the draft has gone, the way you want to build your team. And then every decision you make causes ripples to every other one after that. It's very, very uh, rare that you can make, mis- you can just pile on mistake after mistake after mistake. You will be able to do something with most picks that you make. It's about trying to make the most sense of it. So while this worked out pretty well for me, doing it this way, looking at how this team was, there are many different ways to get strength in a fantasy basketball squad. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical, and in particular, the Jace Case. The Jace Case is a personalized emergency medical kit containing five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize that case as well and add additional medications depending on what you and your family needs. There is so much uncertainty in the world with disasters and things that might impact our ability to get these things that could help save our lives. Fires, earthquakes, landslides, floods, supply chain disruptions that mean that some medication is hard to get. And there are certain situations where you're going to need something and you got to have it on hand. That's simple as that. You've got access to their doctors who talk you through everything that you need over at Jace as well. So go to jacemedical.com and enter the code locked on at checkout for $20 discount on your order. The promo code is locked on at jasemedical.com. Okay, so that'll bring us through to round number eight now, and we are talking about pick number 92. Number 92. Now, in a lot of drafts, this won't be possible. But ADP suggests that it is in certain situations. So if you are a switched-on drafter with switched-on league mates, you might not be able to do this. But not everybody views it that way. Markel Fultz in round eight would be great. His ADP is 95 on Yahoo. It is, for some reason, 130 on ESPN because, again, something funny is going on over there. 130. 130 on ESPN suggests in their default formats, 10-man league, 13-man rosters, that he is undraftable. That is the very last pick of a draft, meaning in probably half the drafts, he goes undrafted, which of course is insane, right? Absolutely nonsense level insane. So I'd be very happy to get old Fultzy here at pick number eight in the old, uh, in the 90s, I believe is the selection. You have 92. So getting Fultz there, because I was running low on assists and I'm still running low on assists and I'm going to have to address that in the next round as well. Well, not running low, but running to a stage where I need to keep them boosted. Otherwise, I do get into a little bit of trouble. A little bit of trouble there. Um, my next pick's at 101. Some Now, this one is, am I pushing the levels of credulity here? Maybe. Maybe. You be the judge. But I preset my expectations and my rules. And Scoot Henderson falls into it. This is picked 101. He's at 97 at the moment. Now, I see him go sometimes crazy. Now, to be fair, ESPN's got him at 68, so that's clearly an insane ADP as it is. But if I'm drafting on ESPN, I'm probably not going to get him here. But this was set to be Yahoo. And I've seen him go in the 70s. I've seen him go in the 80s. I've seen him go in the 90s. But an ADP of 97 still suggests that a large, large proportion of people are letting him fall past 97. Past it. 
perfect situation for me if he gets to me here. He may, he may not. But based on the current ADP, apparently he will. I'd love to. Round 10. This one, this guy's available just sitting on the waiver wire for free, for, for nothing. You don't even have to spend a draft pick in some leagues. They're the leagues that aren't paying attention. But in round 10, I'm, I'm taking Zach Collins. He's got an ADP of 112 on Yahoo, an undrafted ADP on ESPN, 138. And I am taking him here at pick number 116. Collins was a top 40 player over the final two months of last season. I am not expecting him to do that. But I am expecting him to start and be a solid points and rebounds guy who hits a three, gets some assists, gets some steals, gets some blocks, and is strong in percentages. And that is a bloody good fantasy player, especially getting that guy in round 10. And as you're well aware, I need to get rebounds. I need to make sure I'm getting some rebounds, adding some blocks, adding some percentages. That all is pretty handy as well. And getting Zach Collins in round 10 would be perfection. What about round 11? Well, in most of the mocks that I do, Sar Thompson goes off the board in round 10 or round 9. But apparently the general public does not see it that way. His ADP is 134. My This is pick 125 for me. So I theoretically could have almost left him to round, uh, round 12 to get him. I didn't. I took him here. Asar Thompson is going to start. He is going to rack up rebounding numbers. He's going to play some powerful. Hey, by the on the Pistons, by the way, I'm seeing almost every Pistons fan now going, bro, what are we doing with Isaiah Stewart? He cannot be our starter. He needs to go. He's And I have said this for a long time. He is a backup. The fact that they are trying to shoehorn this bloke into being a starter is ridiculous. Now, I believe that they should... And they will start Stewart. I don't know that it lasts. They should start Boyan at the four. There's been a momentum push for Killian Hayes to start, which honestly, I didn't see that coming. But a Hayes, Cunningham, Thompson, Boyan, and Duran combination without Ivy. Keep an eye on that because Hayes has looked actually really good in the preseason. I didn't even, after they drafted a, a, a guard in Asar Thompson, traded for a guard in Monte Morris, drafted another guard in Marcus Sasser, I didn't think that they would have any faith in Killian Hayes after they still had Alec Burks on the roster too. But apparently he's playing over outplaying all of these guys. So keep an eye on Killian. And if he starts, he has assistant steal potential is interesting for him. After they, I thought, completely mismanaged him once again last season. That all brings us back to Asar, who's going to start, who's going to play pretty strong minutes, who, get, who will get, I think, some minutes at power forward. Rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. He scored well yesterday. It's going to be an adventure. But I'm in round 11 here. This is, let's say, minimum minimum 50-spot upside potential. Upside potential. Does he get there? I don't know. Like, could he, he couldn't hit top 50 this season. Top 70, I could see happening. I squint a bit, but I could see it happening. That's pick 125. In round number 12, I'm going to take Kobe White, who has an ADP of 142 with an ESPN ADP of 141. This is the eighth pick in round 12, which is the 140th pick. I routinely see Kobe White go at the end of round 10 or the start of round 11 in the drafts of people who follow me. But I'm nobody. I'm a small chunk of the players that play fantasy basketball and people haven't caught on yet. Kobe is going to start. I wasn't sure if he was going to start and play like 24 minutes, but I think he's actually going to play 30 now, 31 I think that his ability down the stretch last season was strong. And I think maybe part of the reason that Vuce and DeRozan saw their usage dial back a little bit is because this guy was playing well. 
And it's been sort of similar to that in the preseason. I'm not going to put all my stock into that. But in round 12, I'm putting all my stock into it. In round 12, yeah. So his ADP going out to the top 140, silly. But again, like that's where he sits. That is where he sits. And then for my final selection in round 13, I believe this will change. But I also know that he's available on tons of waiver wires too. In round 13, we're taking the starting point guard of the San Antonio Spurs. We're taking Jeremy Sohan. His ADP is 145. I'm picking at 149 here. His ESPN ADP is 140. That's their default number for guys that they don't give an ADP to. He's, again, it's round 13. Sohan is their starting point guard. Doesn't mean he's going to get seven assists, but he's a strong rebounder. He may not stay as their starting point guard. I know a lot of people are like, well, just, uh, you know, uh, Trey Jones is going to get that job back. I don't think Trey Jones is all that special, to be honest. They paid Trey Jones like a mid-tier backup point guard. I think they view him as a mid-tier backup point guard. I think that they are not in it to win games necessarily this season. They want to see, can we work Sohan as this guy? And I think if you think that Jones is getting that job back in the first week of the season, I think you're going to be a little surprised. I'm not saying he won't get it back at some point, but they're not going to pull the pin after six games. So does that mean you drop Trey Jones? Well, that would depend on who you're adding in a league. But his value has definitely fallen um, because of this development. And in the last round, it's very hard to look and say that um, Jeremy Sohan's value is uh, wrong in that spot. I think it's a pretty solid pretty solid grab to get him there, and we hope that it works out. It also helps my rebounding numbers. The free throws for him improved significantly last season. And I don't know what's going on on my screen there. What just happened? Why does it look like that? Something weird just happened, didn't it? Wowee. All right. Let's bring that back. Absolutely no idea what uh, what just happened there. So apologies for that. You might not even see because I might go in and edit whatever the hell just happened. But yeah, uh, Sohan last round looks pretty good to me. Let's, um, let's have a look at how the team looks in the end. Joel Embiid, Donovan Mitchell, Kawhi Leonard, Darius Garland, Nick Claxton... Anthony Simons, Jakob Pertl, Markel Fultz, Scoot Henderson, Zach Collins, Asar Thompson, Kobe White, and Jeremy Sohan. A nice mix of established players with Leonard, Mitchell, Embiid, a mix of some injury guys, well, really only Leonard, and a little bit of Embiid. Um, Upside players in terms of Asar, Scoot, Kobe, and Sohan are guys in better situations like a Simons to able to boost their value as well. So some upside hits, some secure hits, some guys being undervalued. And the way that the team uh, ended up being uh, structured gave me a team that was very strong in assists, very strong in steals, quite strong in field goals, free throws, blocks, rebounds, and points. As usual, I'm not a strong turnover team, and my threes were below average. But overall, I was very happy with how that team panned out. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Not on Stitcher, but on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.